也没事。Hello， 大家好，欢迎来到 Mandarin Monkey 广播时间。Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mandarin Monkey podcast, episode 139. I think today, 139集。对呀 ，today's special guest is Scritter CEO Jake. Gil, hello, Mr. Gil. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. No, me too. So, uh, uh, firstly, how are you? How are things been going? I'm doing well. This is uh, it's an interesting. I mean, what a year, right? In 2020. Oh yeah, wow.、Um, but no, it's 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 going well. Like we're this is always a really super busy time for Scritter in general, just because we have a lot of programs that are coming back to school and they're interested in Scritter, which is always very exciting. But it's kind of I feel like mentally I just got to prepare for <laughs> August in general. I'm like it's gonna be it's gonna be a long one, and it certainly has felt that way. But it's good. I feel like some positive momentum. You know, kids are healthy. You know, wife is happy, so life is good. Yeah. Oh, well, how about you? Now you just got back from Ingua, right? Yes, we did, and we're yeah quarantining. So this is like day four. Day. <laughs> uh,、mm-hmm. for us. Um. 第五天 Oh, is it fine? Oh, Um, yeah, so we just—it's just survival. The thing is about our kids as well.、Um, is we can't see them because we're quarantined. 对啊，好难过。Right. So they're with Ama. Yeah,、mm. they're with Ama at the moment,、uh, and they will be for the next, you know, obviously, couple of weeks. So it's been—it、mm-hmm. will be three weeks in total away from the kids by the end of it. Uh, but so we miss, we miss them. They draw on the walls, Jake. They draw on the walls. <laughs> And although that's you know, oh, gray is gray. Yeah, yeah. Just we, we just, just noticed found this morning.、It. Um, they draw on the walls, but hey, we、yeah. miss them. We miss those little little quirks. Yeah. Did, <laughs> didn't know you had children. I do. Yeah, yeah, I have a three and a half year old and a what eighteen month old ish. Oh,、yeah. okay. Okay. How big the difference? That's only. Two years? No, not. Not thirteen. Oh, is three. Oh, I thought it was 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 three. Oh, Well, you're yeah. T- although yeah. recently we've had a lot of、uh, pretty bad wildfires, so it's been like、really? super smoky. Air quality has been bad. You know, but overall, I mean, I can't complain. It's a pretty beautiful place to live. How is how has the Bingdu affected Scritter as a as a company? You, do you guys work remotely?、Um, in general, yeah, we've always been remote. So、oh. I work from home. I'm like this is my home office.、Um, but our entire crew, we've been working remote essentially forever. When Scritter was first started, it was started by three gentlemen. And they they were like they did like the startup thing in a house and ate ramen and all this stuff. But those guys have all left and they're doing other things now. And、mm. but the entire team, yeah, we work remote. So I think like when all this set in, it was you know emotionally we kind of had to deal with things. And for myself, my kids were at home, and so it was very different for us. Just like you know, it's very hard to focus and get things done.、Mm. But I, I think、know. my whole team was kind of like, well, life isn't that much different, you know, apart <laughs> from like not being able to go out and hang、yeah. out or. Get food or whatever, right? So there were a couple transitions, but overall, I think we handled it really well, and so it's been okay. Yeah, and then you know, obviously, there was a there was a little bit of a spike because everyone's at home. So you know, certainly some people are taking some new interests and maybe studying、sure. Chinese, which is super cool、mm. to see. So you know, it's been nice. I mean, I think I'm just fortunate to have a job at this point. You know, I mean, American unemployment is on the rise, and、uh, so it's just、uh, and with everything going on politically here, it's a little bit it's a little bit crazy. But、um, yeah. you know, we're doing okay. 
。哦，对啊，最近有总统要大选了。对，嗯，对，加油，你。<笑><笑>谢谢，谢谢。好紧张哦<笑> ，so nervous。Super interesting. I, I wanted to ask a quick question just about. Uh, about Scritter and Chinese pop because I got、mm. a bit lost. I did a bit of research, so so I, I was aware. We were aware that Scritter and Chinese Pod joined or collaborated. I, I was a bit、oh, so. 怎么在一起的？是不是？就那，因为我是 wondering from what what happened there. So we, there was a Chinese a Chinese Pod did a podcast. I, I was aware、mm. of Scritter working away in the background. Then you launch an app in is it 2012? You, you, you so、launched. we were、um, yeah. So Scritter was founded in 2007.、Mm-hmm. Uh, started taking in、uh, actually like users in 2008. In 2012, our original iOS application came out, Scooter Chinese,、oh. um, and that really kind of kickstarted the business to the next level. Yeah,、um, it was so cool. I mean, you know, Scooter, we're a character writing application primarily is what Scooter is known for, and so just being able to, you know, before we had to you had to buy a Wacom tablet and do all this setup for your computer, and now you've got your phone and you can just go around anywhere in Scooter, and it was it was so. Amazing, right?、And、it was like the technology kind of finally caught up with the vision,、mm. um, and so that happened. So during all of that, actually, like historically, the relationship with Chinese Pod back in the day, and this was back when you know John Pazden and Jenny Ju were a part of this team, yeah,、uh, and that whole crew. They there was a partnership there, and this was before my time at at Scooter,、mm. um, but they donated like all all of Scooter's original audio. Um, and so we we had a practice pad on Chinese Pod, so you could you know practice your characters on Chinese Pod, and there was a link to Scooter, and that was kind of the partnership then.、Um, and and we still use that audio so, sort of,、um, but really the partnership. So when Guillem and Fiona came over, and now Iona works with us,、um, and Fiona has gone on to she's working at a, a pretty cool company, and we were sad to see her go, but I mean she's really thriving. So very very excited for her.、Um, They joined. We had like met up. I was in Taiwan and I studied there, and it's like my second home. So I was there, and we were hanging out, and we just really clicked really well. And、um, when they, when Guillem and Fiona had left Chinese Pod,、uh, I, I just immediately emailed them. I was like, "What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah.、Uh, you know, you come and want to come work over here?" And、uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure how how Chinese Pod you know took that,、um, but it was a big. You know, I don't really want to get into. I don't know what happened in their business, basically. Right, but. Um, you know, Guillem and Fiona—they left Chinese Pod. I think a bunch of Constance and a few other people left from that kind of staff.、Mm-hmm. And it seems like Chinese Pod is doing great. They still got their、yeah. YouTube stuff and and a lot of new people, a lot of new faces that I'm not too familiar with. Yeah.、Um, but yeah, basically, we you know I sent out an email, and that was after our we went to like Ruochao and we went to、um, Xiangshan, which is Elephant Mountain in Taiwan, beautiful view. And we just had this like really good hike. And I think at this time. Collectively, we're all kind of like, well, if we could ever figure out a way to work together, it would be fantastic to do. And so, I'm just very fortunate that we were able to pull that off, and it's been it's been really awesome. So, Guillem and Iona, you know, they're in Taiwan, so they're they're like our Taiwan team, and they do video production and, and、um, you know, visual design and stuff like that for Scooter. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. Iona, we just found out she's Fiona's sister. Yeah, yeah. We just we just found that. <laughs> so, so we were aware of Fiona because of the podcast and Jenny Ju and all this kind of stuff,、uh, and they, they were kind of our. Predecessors, almost. Yeah, I guess because that podcast was of similar ilk in the sense that they spoke Chinglish、sure. to a bunch. Yeah, two. Yeah, two. I used to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Number of years ago. Um, but、mm-hmm. we weren't aware of Iona as a, as a person. 
我以为，对，我们以为 Fiona 她改名字了，她换了她的名字，然后我说，哎、yeah, 欸，可是她看起来不像 Fiona， 有点像对吗？ Like they kind of look a little bit similar. You can definitely tell they're related. So， 然后他们说，啊，这个是 Fiona。我说，能了，这个不是 Fiona。I looked at your team list because your team. I looked at you know, Scrittis, higher up, I'm not higher up, keep a team. And I saw Iona. I thought, have I been saying Fiona wrong? I've been、no. saying Fiona for these years. I, think it, I definitely think some people have been confused in the past, for sure. Yeah. So they are sisters. Sure. <laughs> and Iona works for you at Scritter. Yes. And Fiona、yeah. has moved on, but did but used to work at Scritter, but has now moved on. Yeah, and she does still. I mean, so a lot of the recording and stuff happens in their house, and so obviously, like Fiona's there encouraging, you know, her younger sister, and so she'll do some like guest appearances. Always super fun whenever she comes on. Ah,、oh, Fiona, you know, the comments explode、mm. because she was so good. And like for them, they started with Mandarin Made Easy. That's how Guillaume and Fiona kind of got involved with. Chinese pod was they had this original. They did their own kind of website and YouTube videos and things like that, and and that was really. And I mean, Fiona is a fantastic Chinese teacher. I mean, she really gets、mm. it. You know, she has this rich background and and kind of cultural diversity that she brings to the table, and it's just incredible educator. So it's super cool to work with her and very honored. And then Iona is really, I think she's like she's finding her rhythm. And she's a fantastic designer. So we do, you know, on Instagram and stuff. We have like these Chengyu Tuesdays that we do and stuff. And she does all the drawings and everything like that.、Wow. Very incredible, talented artist. So we're we're super excited. We're actually going to be bringing some of her artwork like into the app more prominently very soon. And I'm I'm really excited for that because she kills it. She kills it. Yeah. Is it is it Fiona's voice on the Squitter app? Yes,、yeah, so she did all of our HSK recordings, and then she does do so, she did some of the audio. So like some of our sentences are from her, and then our other sentence and like audio person is Zoe, who is Ula's wife, and Ula is he also runs Hacking Chinese, but he works、uh, for us. Um, as well, and he's a, he's actually a Tongshui of mine from back in graduate school. So that's、huh? when I met I met Ula back in like 2011.、Um, for anyone watching this video, if you haven't checked out Hacking Chinese, like it is a fantastic free resource. He writes every single week. Yeah. Um, all about you know Mandarin learning, right?、Um, and so his wife is originally from Beijing and has kind of Beijing standard you know newscaster.、Mm. Mandarin, you know that level, that credential.、Um, so she did all of our. Single syllable audio recordings for the application, and then she's now doing all of our kind of new. If we do new sentences, new words, whatever, any scripter content that we create, we make sure that we have native audio support. We don't, you know, you can do the voiceover text to speech stuff, and it's just it's just not it's not good enough. You know what I mean?、Mm. We just want the best.、Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> 当然 like an advert. 对呀 yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what we strive for, anyways. Yeah, no, of course, of course. I mean, you know, scooter's not cheap, right? So we got to deliver the goods. <laughs> Damn right. And who you have? Obviously, you have a team on on the on the team page. I didn't notice many developers. I'm assuming、mm. you do have some a team of developers somewhere. Do you? Two developers. Yeah. Okay. So these are the guys who who tap away in the background, making the magic、yep. happen. Yep. That's right. Got it. Yeah. So we have、uh, Josh is、uh, our lead developer,、um, and he he the way that he came into Scooter, I feel like everyone kind of has like a story coming into our team. We feel like a family, I think, in that way. So he actually originally was、um, a user, and I I mean I remember his like posts back in the day on the forum and everything like that. And but he created. Um, and Android. So we had the iOS app come out,、mm. um, and so many people were like, "Well, where's the Android app?" And like, this team was kind of burnt out. We spent like 18 months working on the iOS app, and we weren't really convinced in the Android market at the time. 
Um, and we're like, eh, we're not sure if we're going to do it. You know, we'll, we'll see. So Josh is just like, well, I'm going to do it on my own. Oh. I just started building this thing by himself. Um, and eventually I started working with him a little bit more closely. And finally I was like, Hey, you, you got to join the team, you know, come on as a developer. And and he actually moved. I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the Midwest. Um, and so he moved and we worked together like every single day for a couple of years. And then we kind of split, you know, I went out to California. He's living in Ohio now. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's our lead. And then Michael is another guy, linguist, you know, background, very interested. Everyone's super interested in language, Chinese in general. Mm. Um, so Michael's our other developer as well. So yeah, two devs, probably a little bit, <laughs> but we could probably use one or two more to really crank things out, but you know, yeah, you do programming, yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, myself and Darian, we have yeah, two developers. Well, myself and another developer. Actually, we're developing on both at the same time, simultaneously, yeah. So we, 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 we use something called Flutter, Flutter where it, you can yeah. develop for both iOS and Android simultaneously. So Yeah, and our, our new apps are... Uh, you know, not to get too technical, but they're Cordova wraps. So they're, I mean, at this point we finally, and for the longest time, it was a very big disconnect between like what you saw on iOS and what you saw on Android. And now mm -hmm. finally with our new applications that came out, you know, earlier this year and last year, it's unified. So it doesn't matter what platform you're on, on mobile anyways, they, they're the same and they interact the same and our documentation is the same. And that really saves a lot of headache. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you. So what's the overall bit we're going to get on the, I promise we will get to the questions in just a minute. <laughs> yeah. No worries, man. No worries. No what's the what's the goal for scritter now for you what's the what's the vision for, for the next sort of five years are you going to be yeah. going into Co so, korean or arabic or i want to no no i think we're going to stay we're going to stick in chinese and japanese is what we do i mean so we also offer japanese and we have we have one team member jeremy is like our lead he's like our japanese guru our support guru mm. and we bring in some other people to kind of help out so we have native speakers check our sentences and do stuff like that but um you know, primarily we're known for Chinese. So the vision I think for us right now is like, if you go onto squitter.com, you're going to notice the website kind of looks a certain way. And we still have these old apps in the store mm. because we've been around for so long. We have this like this user base that really, you know, they're quite, some people are quite particular. So you make changes and uh, you know, it's a, it's a slow process and we really want to grow the business and expand. Um, and so right now, I think we're kind of in this transitionary period. We'd like to kind of unify everything and just have one kind of single client base that, that handles everything. And that's what we're working on right now. But we're also working on, you know, we've been a flashcard app primarily. That's the way yeah. that I would kind of describe it. We're like Anki, except it's we're, SRS, you know, so. we're, yeah. And, but it's, you know, it's only for really optimized for Chinese. You just plug in, you know, sign up and go, which is super convenient. Um, but I'm a teacher. That's my background. I did research on computer assisted language learning. Like there is definitely a market for this. Right. And so what we're working on right now is obviously making the apps better and improving that process, but we're also building courses at this point. So we're about to launch an animal idiom course, which is kind of like a letting, you know, laying the groundwork for, for more in the future. So that's under development should be out really soon. And then after that, we're going to be building Ula and I have been, it's been like two and a half years here of like noodling around in our brains, but we're going to be working on a, a character course. So we're going to teach you kind of the fundamentals, how characters work, what the structure is, you know, how to, how to master them basically and understand 
and you know, they're not, they're not super easy, but if you know what you're doing, you know how to break them down, you know, analyze them, you can learn them a lot quicker. So we'll do that. We'll do a character course on that. It's like 15 episodes and we're in a pilot phase right now for that. And then after that, we're going to do this course on like learning how to learn, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all primarily focused on Chinese. Um, and then after that, we'll start doing like an actual individual, like episodes of maybe 10 characters a week or something. And we're going to start teaching you kind of individual characters and how they work in words and things like that. So still primarily a, a, an application that's for, for flashcards and things like that. But we also want to kind of break out into the course market as well. I think there's a lot of utility there. And like I said, that's my background, right? I used yeah. to be a Chinese teacher. I was in the classroom. I love teaching. Um, you know, I miss that part of, what I did. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to bring some, you know, we're going to bring some courses and kind of just see what happens with technology, you know, as it changes, we got to adapt. So yeah, we'll see. Via。我两个问题。第一个为什么是日文? <笑> 对。哦。对。是那你自己本身有学日文咯？没有啊。没有。Like oh, yep. okay. <laughs> if I go to Japan, I can like order a beer. And maybe some other stuff and but yeah, no, I don't speak any. I actually I've been meaning to learn some Japanese. Um because I think it would be really good for It's been so long since I've been like a zero beginner, right? And that's a totally different ball game than if you're an intermediate or advanced student. So yeah, we do some Japanese. I'd love to kind of do more of it. Um, and I definitely will learn some Japanese someday. Mm, I promise. <laughs> I'd like to like document my journey too. I think it'd be super fun to see like, what can I do in like 60 days? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we have, but we at least have characters, right? So like I did find, you know, when I, when I was traveling home from Taiwan, I would often go through Naruto airport. And so when I was there, I would always like kind of make a point of like, I use as much Japanese as I can, which is very little, but like I could kind of, you know, get by like point at something or whatever, but like just being able to read the kanji is so helpful to kind of deconstruct and decode at least some of what's going on. Mm. So it's like, I feel like for so many, at least based on what I see from our users, so many times the kind of difficulty lies in you get into Japanese and you start learning it and then all of a sudden kanji comes at you and you're like, oh my gosh, I have wow. to learn like 2000 of these, right? Mm -hmm. But like for Chinese learners, we're like, hey, no problem. You know, so our struggle, as you said, is grammar right and, and, and things like that so yeah yeah我还记得我们去日本的时候我们在看那个火车的时间表所有的东西想说哎这是什么东西啊但是它其实真的还是有一些汉字有一些中文字的人你还是知道大概知道这个地方叫什么名字对所以还是认识哦所以是因为
I think if we look at Apple's history, it's somewhere right around 2007, 2008, that the iPhone came out. And I think mm-hmm. at the time there was a lot of resistance, very expensive, you know, not a lot of support, but then the app store came out and this kind of opened things up. And we obviously can use our fingers to, to write on the screen. We have this touch screen tape capability. And so, you know, one of the big struggles with Chinese is like, especially with Squitter is you got it. You have your computer and you got to get your Wacom tablet or something like you can use a mouse, but it's not like, that's not how you learn how to write Chinese. So when the iPhone app came out, it allowed us to not only a, you could like write a lot more realistic, you could get a stylus and really get that kind of feel for writing characters using kind of memory, you know, muscle memory and active recall, but you could also take your studies anywhere. And that was the the game changer, right? was just being on a plane, being on a train, like for myself at the time living in Taiwan, like every day on my commute, which was like 15 minutes on the bus, I was studying Mm -hmm. and I couldn't do that if I was just using Squitter on my computer at home. Right. So that was the difference opened up the market. You know, a lot more people could discover us. Um, we just started seeing, you know, some really nice growth there, um, which was fantastic. 真的科技爆发, the explosion of technology, so it's timing as well. I mean, now I would say about 85 to 90% of our user base is on mobile applications. So, yeah, you know, you just got to pivot, right? Yeah, absolutely. And continue to do so until you find that thing. And I guess you think you found that thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Until maybe you I mean, we're pulled. still, I still feel like we're, uh, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, if you look at like overall installs and downloads and things like that, we, uh, you know, we're certainly not at like hello Chinese or Chinese skill level or Pleco mm-hmm. or whatever. And Pleco is obviously this, you know, behemoth because it's so useful for everybody. Yeah. Um, but like on Android, we've been kind of slowly creeping up with the release of our new Scooter Right Chinese app. And like, I think this, the other day we're, we're ranked like fifth for Chinese keyword, which is a pretty competitive keyword. And we're we're sitting here like, you know, some of these other apps that are in the, in the, in the competition are like a million plus installs and Scooter is like, we haven't hit a hundred thousand installs on Android yet. So we're like, what are we doing here? But I think it's because genuinely like we care so much. And I think it's a really quality, you know, when people download it, they see it's a really good product. So that is really helping us. But like in the grand kind of, you know, daily install rate thing, I still feel like there's so much more room because there's so many people that are interested in Chinese. Right. And like, I mean, Mandarin monkey podcast, like there's so many avenues that we can explore to get in there. And script is really cool because as a study tool, we kind of, we kind of just work with every, you know, it doesn't matter what you're using to learn. You can like integrate that stuff into Scritter or like Anki or right. And that's kind of the cool thing about flashcard apps, I think is, you know, yeah, make them yeah. work for you and what you want to study um, exactly. rather than some golden path. Mm, yeah, there's, yeah. there's not one right way. We should go to the questions. Okay. <laughs> it's been like 20 minutes already. We haven't even asked question one. Okay. Are you, are you ready? Thank you very much for that insight. Super interesting. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Um, I'm ready. I am so ready for these questions. <laughs> Let's do this. Okay. So, you said you were talking about Taiwan learning Chinese. You are mainly learning Chinese. Can you tell us about your favorite well, I need to, I, I need to translate. I need to translate because. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. As you well know, the, the largest part of the market is is zero to you know as beginners. So they're going to be listening to this. Otherwise, they're going to go. What, what did she ask? Why? Why did she? Why is he answering that? Uh, okay, so what is the book or, or or books that you most used to study, and what are one to three books that had a great influence in your study? 
Yeah. So um, I actually started learning Mandarin in the United States at university. Oh, so that was my first taste of Chinese. Um, And at the time I used integrated Chinese, which is Oh, okay. wow. Uh, so that was, I think I did like book one and two for that. And that was, you know, it's a, it's a basically the most popular book in America. So if you're studying at university level, maybe a high school level, depending likely the book you're going to get. Um, and then when I was in Taiwan, I was at Shida, which is a national Taiwan normal university's okay. language center. Mm. Um, and there we used which is practical oh, okay. audio visual Chinese, quite good. Mm. Um, enjoyed, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know, they're textbooks, right? Like, so they were super useful. Um, you know, got me to a level where I was kind of confident with what I was doing. And then, so I was kind of thinking about this and maybe this is like overstepping the bounds of the question, but I think also ultimately these days, the kind of the books that have really kind of changed the way that I approach studying Chinese is, uh, recently, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear, uh-huh, which is yeah. just a fantastic, amazing book. I read it, like just digested it in like days and was just like, okay, yes, this is, this guy gets it. Um, so that's been super helpful to me. And also a book, um, by Seth Godin, who's kind of this marketer, yeah, you know, guru. been around for a while. He has, he has a pod, he has a, a blog that he's been writing for years and years, every single day, a new post, which is if you content create, right, this is like, it's, this takes energy. Um, so he wrote a book called what's to, what, uh, what is it? What to do when it's your turn and it's always your turn. Yeah. Um, and that book was, I read it shortly after my daughter was born and she's like three and a half now, but I just like, it just changed my perspective a little bit on things and kind of just, you know, immediate action and, and taking, you know, ownership of things and responsibility. And, uh, so that's been super helpful in just kind of determining like my path forward and what I want to be doing. So those two books, although not necessarily related to Mandarin, certainly was a lot, there was a lot of crossover and a lot of practical application that I got out of it that I could apply toward my own studies. Whereas, you know, for me, last time I studied kind of traditionally Chinese was in 2013. Um, so it's been a minute, you know, yeah, so it's like, yeah. I gotta, I gotta keep it. I gotta do something to keep up with it. And obviously I can scritter, but like, I gotta do other stuff too. So those two books after kind of my formal studies were huge and just kind of keeping me going and motivated. And yeah. Got it. And I like to set the, huh? Yeah,我听到。哦，你在美国的时候学中文的时候，你是学简体字吗？啊，没有，我学繁体字。哦，你在美国的时候就学繁体字。对，对。所以当初你在选择，哦，我要学中文，但是他们给你选择一个是simpl
I thought, yeah, I'm going to be in Taiwan. So I'm going to do traditional. Mm-hmm. And uh, most students, I would say 95% of the time, though the students, you know, it's reverse. People are going to do simplified. And I think yeah. if you're listening to this and you're kind of trying to figure out, well, what should I do? You know, yeah. if you're interested in going to Taiwan, obviously <clears> traditional, <throat> traditional, but if you're kind of more interested in the global market for Chinese, then <laughs> simplified is the way to go. Traditional. Traditional. It is a little bit more logical in terms of like character structure and just, you know, history. Yeah. So, yeah. dig into Taiwanese, Chinese culture, Fantizidin 都是演變成繁體字的,所以很多的學生他們就說,我要學簡體,當然是簡體啊,它就是simplify了,因為它就是簡單啊。People usually pick that though because it's the easy, you know, it's the easiest thing to, you know. 所以其實就是你還是有選擇的,就是看你是想要往哪邊發展這樣子。嗯,了解。Well, eventually if you if you really want to get to like an advanced level of Chinese, then you should probably just take the time to learn both you know it's not there's only so many characters that are different and like the simplification process in chinese actually is like it's an evolution didn't happen in one day um and so there's actually a lot of characters that are kind of considered simplified and those just come from you know calligraphy or whatever over time and then they get adapted into modern usage but yeah really like you said if you want to pick up a book from like before 1960 yeah, and eventually it's just like context, right? Kind of fills in the gaps on some of your knowledge. You see it and you're like, well, I don't know this character, but like in the sentence, it's probably this. Um, and there's, you know, there's patterns and systems to how it's simplified. So it's, you know, it's not impossible and it's certainly not impossible to learn both and, and whatever. So, you know, choose one. <笑>第二个问题你遇过什么样的失败是创造现在成功的你还有你最喜欢哪一个失败的经验？So what purchase of a hundred dollars US? 哦,我看错了。对不起,什么东西是价值在一百元美金是吗?一百元美金以下,而且是带给你很多正面价值的。Question <笑> two,第二个。There you go. There we so go. What, per, what purchase of $100 or less is, has most positively impacted your life? Right now, I have a question here. Is this because you're trying to figure out how to spend your hundred dollars? <laughs> uh, no, I just think that uh, it's it's just a it's a useful. <laughs> did you question spend for, your hundred dollars? Because you got a little spent, stimulus money, haven't you? It's spent. No, uh, did we? Oh, we got a little bit, right? We did, but we get like sixty bucks, didn't we? 
No, so I think, you know, honestly, for to answer this question, I think it does like depend on maybe some chapters of my life. So before smartphones, the Wacom tablet, which was, or actually I bought like a cheaper version of like a drawing tablet, but I could write characters, right? So I was like the best purchase I could have ever made because it just helped me study Chinese in a way that connected with like actually being able to write. So that was really cool. But obviously now we have our smartphones, so we don't need that anymore. But like, honestly, these days, I think if I had a hundred bucks to spend, I would pick up like a good book, you know, Atomic Habits, what to do when it's your turn, or uh, maybe a Udemy course or something like that. Something that Mm. you have personal interest in. It's about Um, growth, right? Yeah. I think it's, I just think it's never too uh, late to like learn something new. And it's, we're just capable of learning so much. So if you have interest in something, you know, kind of dabble in it, explore it a little bit. There's so many good deals and you can really get a lot of expert opinions and stuff. So for myself in the past kind of two years, I taught myself, not taught myself, but like doing courses, masterclass on like Adobe Illustrator, which ended up kind of giving me the ability and, and kind of confidence to do UX and UI design for our mm-hmm. mobile apps. Um, and then I did a... I did like a sketching course with someone on Udemy and since 2018, I've been making art, not every day, but like a lot of art. Um, and I kind of all kickstarted from taking these courses and getting into that. So, you know, yeah. spend your hundred bucks on, I don't know, something, something that you're interested in and, and don't look back. Um, if you don't already have it, maybe the master, the professional bundle on, uh, if we're, if it's like Mandarin focus, I would say the professional bundle of Pleco is definitely worth it. Like 60 bucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, killer super awesome extra dictionaries and all this extra stuff so that's like definitely in budget audible was on my list of things as a uh, as a purchase of under 100 bucks that that i think is impacting they my hit life. you up for 14 bucks a month yeah i know but you get so much goodness from this <laughs> i do i do like audible i have like 11 credits right now they just told me like you got to spend one you know before it goes away and i was like yeah. that's so shady but like fine all right i'll pick up a book so yeah yeah that was, i do like my audible <laughs> 我到底要选什么书啊？每个月还是在看。我到底要选什么书？好多好多，很好看的书。Yeah, the书就是想要comfort 好,这是我刚刚讲的嘛,就是你有什么样子的失败,那你最喜欢的其中一个失败经验是哪一个? So how has failure or apparent failure set you up for your latest success? And do you have a favorite failure? Hmm, I have two favorite failures. Great. 
when I was 19, I started a car parts business uh, with a friend mm-hmm. and, and we, we did it for a year. And at the time we were like, we wanted way more than just a car parts business. And we wanted to open like a dealership and you could come in. And so I used to work on cars. I used to build like street, you know, fast and the furious kind of like street racing cars. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my friend and I were like, yeah, we're going to do this business. We're going to open this like dealership and you can come in and you can say, I want this car with these parts on it and whatever. So, so that was, we, we like went to school, wrote up a business plan, walked into banks and they like, look at these two 19 year olds with like no money, yeah. no credit, no anything mm-hmm. other than a dream. And they just laughed the side of the room. Right. So we're like, okay, well, we got to like, you know, pivot a little bit. So we started selling parts online um, and it didn't work out that well. I mean, we were like working, we were working so hard and you're just competing with people who can basically, you know, buy a container worth of stuff from Japan and sell it wholesale. And so we're not making any money. Um, we're, we're killing ourselves. We're working like two jobs to kind of make this all work. And so ultimately after about a year, we decided, Hey, you know, not really what we wanted. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, so we were like, all right, well, we're going to dissolve the business, you know, cut up the profits. Uh, I think we made like a couple hundred bucks each or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and we both decided to go back to university. So had my business not failed, I would not went to university. I would not have started studying Chinese and I wouldn't be where I am today. So, you know, that was a great, and it was a fantastic, I remember writing my college application and being like, I learned so much from, you know, you learn, you can learn a lot from failure. Um, so that was fantastic. And then my second favorite failure, I suppose, was after coming back home from Taiwan, I was a lecturer at a university and so doing that. And I really thought I was like a shoe in for a job um, and I didn't get the job. And, uh, and so I, you know, I was pretty devastated, but yeah. like a week later I got a call from George, one of the co-founders of Scooter. And he's like, well, you don't have a job, you know, you want to come out to California and Timing. train with us and like take a full-time job. So I took a position as director of, of Scooter at the time. And, uh, you know, had I not, not gotten my job, I wouldn't again be here today. So two kind of good failure points that, uh, that kind of changed my life forever, which is very cool. Yeah. And then I did right here. It's like as cliche as it is here, I'm going to literally read what I wrote here, but I, th- I do genuinely think like every single failure is a chance to learn and grow. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, and with, as a, as someone who's running a business now and kind of thinking about things a little bit differently. And obviously I feel very responsible for the people on my team and the people I work with and everything. Then a lot of the way that I prioritize things in my life and in my work is to try and figure out where to invest time and energy and noticing small failures and correcting those and not allowing them to like compound in something larger is really, I think where it's, that's where you start kind of leveling up and learning. Right. So if we can take these mini failures and reflect on them a little bit, then we don't get to the point where there's a blow up, you know? And, and that's, I think what it's really about is just, you know, we got to take a couple steps back to move forward. And, And so if you can, if you can recognize, all right, what did I do wrong? What can I improve and get up from that experience? You're really going to go a lot further. It's so easy to quit. Right. But if we don't quit and we actually just reflect, then progress will likely happen. Persevere. Yeah, be like Captain America, you know? You gotta get back up. <laughs> 对啊, 对啊, we said nutritious. 
就是让你长大的一种养分。It is. I mean,、啊 so, uh, unfortunately, there's a bunch of there are there are a lot of people out there, and this is why many many businesses fail, where they they do fail perhaps, and they don't pivot and they give up,、mm. and they should they should pivot then persevere. But um, I、yeah. guess this is why we're all here, isn't it? Still, because、mm. we're still persevering、mm. regardless. <laughs> um, okay. Is this one? Question four. 好，你有喜欢的中文名言吗？如果有，是什么？为什么你喜欢 ？So, do you have a favorite、mm. phrase in Chinese? Why? Yo, okay. <laughs> is my favorite phrase. Okay. So this is、uh, Confucian analect.、Uh, so it's what you don't want done to you, don't do to others. So it's kind of like the golden rule, but I think it's kind of, I mean, it's a little bit more negative than that, right? So,、um, but it's、uh, yeah, it's my. Why is it my favorite phrase?、Uh, it's like the first idiom that I learned.、Um. Um, when I was in Taiwan, I thought it was super cool.、Oh, And actually, before、eh? I left, before I left Taiwan, I, 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 I literally like I wanted to get a tattoo, so I got this <laughs> phrase on my body now. And、oh, like, when I got it, he was like, "Why do you want this tattoo?" You know, I mean, like, I said, so I like, explained myself in Chinese. I was like, "Well, you know, I really think." And for me, I think it was when I heard it; it really resonated with me as something that, like, my dad and I had talked about for a very long time, just in general about you know. It's, he was he would always be like, you know, Jake, like, let's not, you know, talk and be be present, be be with the people that you're with. You know, there's no really point in kind of talking about other people behind their back or whatever. And just、mm-hmm. like it stuck with me. So when I saw this one, I was like, absolutely, like, I, I love a, I dig it. B, <laughs> it's so cool. Like, it's you know, it's this nice. Idioms are so cool in Chinese, right? They're just so, so cool. So when I heard this one, I was like, "Yep, this yeah, is the one." You know, <laughs> and, so, and I yeah, need to have this on my body. Where is it?、Mm-hmm. Where is it? It's on my, on my, the back of my arms on、oh. both sides. So it's like a scroll, and it's right to left. <laughs> okay, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think my, and when I came, I didn't tell my parents. Oh, they still don't know. No, I'm just kidding. They know. I was gonna、But、say when I came home, right? They like they're like, "What is this?" You know, they kind of freaked out. And I was like, "Well,、yeah, I was drunk. I'm fine." I mean, 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 Did to us, and we don't like it.、Mm-hmm. Let's not do it to yeah. our kids. Yeah. Let's yeah, not yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 就是我每次想到这一句，我就觉得，嗯，这句话真的就是很深诶，很很很深的。I wonder what we're doing to our kids now that, that they're going to not want to do. When, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I wonder what that is. I don't. Want, I'm scared of that thing now. And 每一次你在做一个 ，They'll probably tell you someday. Oh, yeah. 对啊，每次在做决定的时候，你就觉得，哎呦。我这样做，他会不会讨厌我？ Yeah. <笑>对， All、right， 好，很棒的名言， yeah, 谢谢。OK， five， 在你学习的过程中，你觉得最好的投资是什么？可以是金钱投资，可以是时间，或者是体力上的投资。So what's the best investment you've ever made in your study? Uh, it can be time, money, energy, etc. 没错。All right. So I said this for the hundred dollar one, but I'll say it again. Pleco's professional bundle add-on. If you're using Pleco as an app,、yep. I think was a fantastic purchase.、Um, for me personally, I also found that when I was the first time I was in Taiwan, I did. I was there for ten months, and I was at Shida, and so we had semester-based. It was quarter-based. I'm sorry. So every three months we had a, a class and we had to sign up for it. 
So my final semester or my final quarter there, I did, I paid out of my own pocket. I think it was like $3,000. I did a one-on-one intensive class and it was like, it was the best two days or five days a week, two hours a day with one teacher by myself. Like we tore through so much vocabulary, so many questions and my Chinese just like, it just went crazy during that time. So that was, that was absolutely amazing. I mean, it was a huge time investment. It was also a huge you know, financial investment. And then the other one is a little bit abstract, but so for me personally, it was actually buying a bike in Taiwan from this bike shop called skunk, um, which is no longer around anymore, but like it unlocked a community. So I used to go and Abba was the owner of the shop and he's still a great friend of mine. Um, but like I bought this bike from him and I randomly like DM'd him on Facebook and I was, Hey, you have a bike shop. I want to buy a bike, you know, I'm coming to town. And he said, I just come over. So I came over there and like, it was just, you know, there was a couch outside and like all these Taiwanese dudes hanging out and we would go on, like we would go on bike rides every single night. It was my third space. Right. So when I was out of school, I wasn't at home. I would just go and hang out there. So I got this community and like, it allowed me to experience local, local culture. And I got this really, really, really cool bike, which mm. I still have today. And so it was like an amazing buy. And I was trying to extrapolate this out a little bit as something, okay, so obviously if you don't like bikes, you know, okay, thanks Jake for this great advice. But I do think that investing some kind of time, energy, or maybe resources into finding say a community or like a, you know, a coffee shop. If you are studying Chinese and you're in like target language area and you go to the same place every single day mm-hmm. and you talk to the Laban, Laban, Yang, right? They're going to like mm-hmm. recognize you and they're going to they're going to talk to you. They're going to help you. They're going to give you, they're going to give you advice, even if you don't want to hear it, Um, you know, but you're going to create, you're going to get that community and someone that can kind of help you. Right. And Mm -hmm. you can get this online as well, you know, join, you know, Mandarin monkey, Patreon, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, right. But find, (laughs) find something that helps you, helps motivate you, you know, gives you some encouragement and just brings some kind of joy and happiness to whatever you're trying to do. I think it's just so important. (laughs) You hired. <笑>所以就是沉浸在你要把自己放在那个文化那个生活里面就像你你想要学中文的话你来到台湾你找一群人可以帮助你学习你要跟他们聊天你要跟他们出去玩也好就像你参加了车队就是<笑><笑><笑
you want in your toolkit this like right or like yeah. right so i don't understand what you're saying or can you say this slower and so many people you know in taiwan and, and in, in china especially the younger generation they all speak english to some degree so they're going to be able to help you out um but i just being kind of you need to like let your guard down a little bit and let people help you. And I remember my first, it was really scary when I first got to Taiwan and I was in that boat where I had to go and like open a bank account. So I had a, mm. I had gotten a scholarship and I had to go to the post office and like open a bank account with all my stuff, all my credentials and like every, my whole, all my documents are in Chinese. Oh. I'm kind of just sitting there. Like I've got my dictionary. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this thing out. I just remember this, this young woman came over and was like, Hey, can I help you? And I'm like, yes please right. <laughs> like yes you know uh, and she so became she came like an le for a little while and we hung out and like you know and she was just so awesome but you really do need to just you got to tell yourself like this is a brand new thing it's a new experience and it's going to be tough at first but if you do it enough right you're you're going to learn you're going to your brain is going to adapt we're very you know pattern seeking animals so we're going to find you somewhere to pick up these little tricks and like yeah the, the first couple times ordering coffee or whatever not going to be very pleasant but after that you should be fine. Yeah, I think it's the place that you went to helps because that person now recognizes you, right? That second impression. You know, the first time you're maybe just, and, and maybe if they're busy or whatever, right, that might change things a little, but I still think, you know, and then you just got to do what you got to do. But if you come in at a little bit of a slow time, you come in and you're kind of like, hey, you know, you know like what's good here, right? They're going to they're gonna help you. And, and eventually they're going to realize kind of where you're at and they're going to they're going to assist you, you know, in, in, in the, they'll probably slow down a little bit, you know, I mean, maybe some people are going to be a little jerky, but like, <laughs> don't even bother. Don't waste your time and energy with them. Right. Find the people that are willing to help you because there's enough people in the world that are, that are good souls and, and, you know, they'll help you out. Totally就是给你自己的时间,然后你就去找那一群会帮助你的朋友。那如果你真的找到那些不会帮助你的,那没关系啊,因为不是每个人都是这么的good at making yeah, yeah. We actually sell T-shirts that say "Use Chinese" on the back of these T-shirts. And speak to me in Chinese, please. Uh, yeah, nice. Like, you know what I mean? Help me learn, sort of thing. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, just really quick, just kind of came across my mind as we we're talking about this topic. Um, one thing I do think that can kind of help this is if you are set on studying abroad or going abroad or, or traveling or whatever. Yeah. I think there's a compelling argument to be made to like assess because it is going to be a different set of problems, right? You have to now live in a, in a world, in a, in a target language and, and deal with that and all the things that happen. So if you're kind of a little bit more introverted, a little bit more shy, then my recommendation with you would be, you know, do your due diligence before you go. There's nothing that says that you have to go there with no language, right? Mm, so damn. take some lessons, you know, get a textbook, download an app that has some of its introductory stuff. Feel comfortable with that enough that you kind of, even if you don't have the repetitions with a native speaker yet, 
just the fact that you kind of know it and can noodle your way through that will, will, will really help. I think. Um, so, you know, you don't need to rush into it. Uh, you know, take your time and, and, and do your kind of homework, I guess, as it were, before you kind of decide to embark on that, because you're going to get so much more out of that experience. If you're not too afraid to leave your apartment or your hotel room, because you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> okay. Then why are you here? Right. So just like, you know, take your time first. Yeah. Quick question, that bike that you bought, it wasn't under $100, was it? No. Ah, damn it. It could have been the answer to that question back up there. It was a little bit more than that. Yeah, I'd imagine. Okay, sorry. What是你喜欢的习惯或是东西让人家觉得诶? 好奇怪哦,你怎么会有这个习惯? Okay. I say, what's an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love? Um, I, so I was thinking about this one. I, had, like, I asked my wife. <laughs> she was like, you mean bad habits that I want to get rid of? And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't think that's like, no, no, no. I, I don't know. So, so I think for me, like something that's a little bit weird. So I'm a big... I don't know if you can like see behind me. I'm not sure what's on the bookshelf, but I do have, I'm a, I'm a, I love sci-fi, uh, have for a very long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're a geek, right? So, says here. so oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so every year, like I watch 2001, uh, you know, failed series Firefly from Joss Whedon. Like yeah. every year I will just rewatch it. It's like 12 okay. episodes. It's just amazing. I don't know what it is. I love it. So every year I will make a point of like going back and it still holds up today. Um, still great. Fantastic. Um, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, and then the other thing that I do every year is I watch this Japanese anime called initial D and this goes back to my car route. So in Chinese it's called Tolwen's a D. And so I, when I was like 15, I like watched this anime with my cousin. I remember going to like a, some kind of like a movie, movie rental store and, and just like getting all these episodes. So I watched it, but now I have it with like Chinese subtitles and it's like, six seasons or something and it's a lot it's a slog but i watch it with chinese subtitles and i've read all the manga books so i used to go to like the you know i loved in taiwan that you could rent you go to like a library not a library but like a book rental store and you could yeah. just check out books so i would i would get loads of manga and read it and so i read all whole 46 episode series or whatever books um so like every single year i'll fire it up and it's it's a pretty big investment i think every single time i do it my wife is like really you're watching like this cartoon again, you know, like, I'm like, I don't know what it is. I just, I really like it. So for me, my weird kind of thing is definitely, I will watch Firefly every single year and I will definitely watch Initial D every year. This是真爱耶。这就是像你对《Lord Oh, geez. Oh, Star Wars, but I do like Star Trek too. Yeah, yeah so do I. Uh, next generation, man, myself. Um, okay. I did, yeah. Next generation, I watched with my family, and then we watched Voyager as well. And uh, I think actually, like nowadays, I would also put, if we're talking sci fi, like you can't yeah. not talk about The Expanse, which is uh -huh. like probably the best sci fi show in the world That's right now. Netflix, and right? I also thought Battlestar Galactica was fantastic. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah, no. I think The Expanse is on Netflix, no? Uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, is it? Uh, yeah. 
but it is like hardcore. I mean, they went in, it's, it's one of the only, well, and Firefly did it too, but like no sound in space. Um, and, and so they really kind of, they look at, I am a very cool show, but yeah, I know Star Wars. So that's why I was wondering, because behind me, I have like, I have the, I have the slave one kind of large Lego kit and I've got a Tyrion shuttle and mm-hmm. a couple other things. I'm, yeah. I liked, I loved Star Wars when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, um, nowadays I'm like, whatever. I think my, I don't even know if my, my kids are going to like, it. I mean, they're going to watch it. Whether they like it or not. Well, here's the <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, true. Actually on no, an audible, the Firefly, all the Firefly series are on audible. So you could spend your 11 11 credits on those. Yeah. There we go. There's a tip. Okay. Seven. Okay. Seven. Okay. Seven. Okay. Seven. 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 For me, um, it shortly after my daughter was born, I think I had a pretty big shift. I this is when I started getting into a little bit of art. I was, so for a while, I was my free time was often I would play video games with my friends. We play online. You have a kid. Which one? I didn't really have. I played. I played the crap out of Grand Theft Auto Five online. Okay, uh, and Rocket League. Oh, um, I still play that. Yes, yeah. I still play that as well. It's kind of my, not nearly as much. So I have like a gaming PC and for me, I actually, I disconnect it. I unplug it. I like not throw the stuff away, but during the week there is no gaming. I don't get to do that stuff no, because no, no. I just get in. I'm, I love that. I'm like, uh, I could totally be a giant who never leaves the house sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as I got a little bit older, um, so this is a little bit of a, maybe a, weird answer but like for me the i have realized that my eventual death like i will die at some point <laughs> right we're all gonna die yeah at some we point. all will yep. but, and it's but i think that contemplating that right seeing my daughter and thinking about kind of legacy and what i'm passing on to her and how i'm going to be a father and how i want to be viewed in that light and and my work and whatever i mean you know you only get so much time on this earth so thinking about that was really actually like highly generative for me of creative life so just kind of being like i remember telling my friends like hey you know i'm i love playing video games with you guys i love you guys but like I'm going to go and do something else because when I really think back on my five or six hours that I've, you know, I'm it's two in the morning. My wife was like, go to bed. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you know, the next day, maybe I don't feel that great. So mm. I'm going to try and do something else. So I started drawing and doing this other stuff and kind of that really, I think kind of set the way for me to get up the gumption to kind of go to the, the owners of this business and say, Hey, I want to be, you know, I want to, I want to take over the reins. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I just think that recently I have thought a little bit about my own mortality, which motivates me to use the day and seize the day. And I think really just like the realization that time is ultimately our limiting factor. So like how we use that time every single day is incredibly important. You know, we can, uh, it's very easy to waste time. Um, And so if we can kind of override that, you know, lizard brain, a little bit of endless scrolling on Instagram or something and and do something more meaningful, like starting, a process, right? Studying Chinese, whatever it is, can be really hard. But once you kind of get in the groove, it's so rewarding mm. as opposed to just being like, yeah, I watched a bunch of Netflix today. Have you, There's nothing wrong with that, but. Have you, you read the, the book, The War of Art? The War of Art. Yeah. No. 
do have a look at that. That's about procrastination. And uh, it's only a two hour book. Well, it's a, sorry, listen, two hour listen. You can buy okay. the book, but- All right, I'm gonna write it down right now, actually. It's really, really good. Um, cool. about procrastination. About, yeah, and trying to avoid that. Uh, yeah. I mean, use a credit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> use one of your precious credits. Uh, you give them to me, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll eat them up. No, no, no. I I'm going to use them. I'm going to use them, I promise. <laughs> um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I have that, I have that thing. I, think, I, I really enjoy working. Um, at whatever we're doing, mm. even if it's particularly stressful, I enjoy it. And that destroys mm. my sleep. I also hate sleep. I think it's a waste of life. I know that's a weird, um, no, I'm with you, but, but it's just like, I, want to say it, but. I, I have to do it because it's a, a biological function, yeah. but it's, mm-hmm. I could really, could be doing something useful during those hours. Mm. Uh, so but your body um, doesn't agree with you. you but, our, but, our, but actually sleep is really, really, really good for kind of compounding information and everything else. Yeah. So it's, it is yeah. important that we get it, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. conflict. Yeah. It's great for you. Sleep is really, really good for you. And I can't argue with that, but I just, it is, it's boring. And I I want to do something more constructive. Um, Yeah. Oh, okay. We're we're getting there, Jake. We're getting there. (laughs) No, this is great. I'm having fun, man. Eight. So what would you tell a, a smart, driven person who's just about to start studying Mandarin? What advice would you give them? Mm-hmm. Uh, my advice would be listen a lot. Don't ignore tones. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot pretend that Chinese is not a tonal language. Um, so when you're listening, uh, speak aloud as much as you can. So like, if you start, like, don't hold anything back. I mean, you know, internalize things, but like parrot, you know, mimic people, try and try and listen to the sounds, record yourself and listen back to it because you're going to hear where you're kind of making those mistakes. I think using SRS app, whether that's Twitter or anything else is super important to help Kings mm. uh, keep things fresh, but like five to 10 minutes a day. You know, you, you definitely want to build positive, healthy daily habits versus is kind of cramming or whatever, right? It just doesn't, doesn't work for this kind of learning. Uh, in a more general sense, I think you could, if you're motivated, you could check out books like Ultra Learning by Scott Young, which is fantastic. Um, Atomic Habits, as I said before, but about habit formation and really kind of understanding how to learn. And then from there, I think focusing on small incremental goals is really important. Slowly building that toward an overall picture of what you want um, and imagine for yourself and, and Try also, and this connects for me personally with like biking or some other things or art now uh, in in that way and in that connection to Chinese for me. Um, But I think like finding your passions and connecting them to the language so that it's not so disconnected can be a really great way to kind of connect dots and integrate in. So if you like whatever you like, you know, go on YouTube, go on podcasts, whatever it is, and type in those keywords because now you're going to get people talking about what you like in a target language. And that just makes it so much Oh, we lost him. Jake. Huilai. I think it's I'm not sure. uh, I think everything just froze, so I ended up refreshing. Yeah, everything for us as well. You're warm. It's like, and you're right in the middle of an exciting answer as well. Yeah. And you, uh, uh, you fr- well, we can do it from top. You froze it. You froze in a very interesting pose as well, like a, like a kind of like a Herculean, <laughs> passionate. How far in did I get? Because I I actually didn't like, I didn't realize because I was just talking and then I like looked and I'm like, okay, they're not, there's no audio and they're stuck. Um, Yeah. 
we had the same. We still can record his voice. Yeah, we still record it. We still record your voice. That's fine. Your image will just disappear from there. There. And I'll I'll put either a a still image of your face or um like a. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we'll put that passion. (laughs) (laughs) All part of the production, right? That's right. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Yeah, so you were saying so advice you were giving to a smart driven person. Um, you're about to go into to more details. You said Placo, Pleco, and SRS system, mm. uh, Scritter, and then you said something. You were about to say something else. Oh, yeah. So in a, I would say in a more general sense, like uh, you could check out books like Ultra Learning by Scott oh. Young. Um, oh, yeah. Fantastic book. Atomic Habits again by James Clear. Uh, so just like kind of thinking about and wrapping your brain about habit formation because it's super important when we're learning something like this. Yes, yeah. you want those daily repetitions. And then I think the other thing would be to focus on small incremental goals rather than, you know, if you start out and you just say, I want to be fluent in the Chinese language or whatever, like the question that I would have as a follow-up is like, okay, well, how are you going to get there? Mm. You know, that's fine. That's a worthy goal, but like, what is the plan Mm. to execute on that? So spend a little bit of time and kind of think about that. And then uh, the other thing that I found just really for me that kept me going is like connecting dots along the way with your passions or whatever you're interested in. So maybe for me, it was biking, right. Connecting that and having that experience in Taiwan, but like sci-fi, you know, so I'll like look on YouTube and search sci-fi or whatever podcast. And I'm, I'm getting the language, but I'm also getting things that I'm already interested in, which like super key. actually, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's just so helpful. So yeah, you know, obviously there's going to be a barrier to entry in the beginning. And then I would suppose the other thing is, um, graded readers are your best friend. Like when you're starting out getting those 150 character books from Mandarin companion or Chinese breeze or some of these other, or do Chinese or the chairman's bow, that's really going to help you because we really need too much of what you don't understand makes it really, really, really hard. to like, keep good. You're going to get really frustrated with yourself and it's not worth it. So start small, build up, build that confidence and then just go from there. 对对对，动力很重要啦。找到你喜欢的，嗯，那那really and don't be afraid to make mistakes either, right? Right. 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 What did I say? You said don't don't ignore tones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that, I'm not sure if you're gonna say that, sorry. Um, yeah, one, I, I mean, I, I don't think that hopefully there's not any like kind of educators that would say ignore tones. Right. So, but that might come up as like, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. No, it is a big deal. Um, but I think for me, what I find is a bad like recommendation comes up on Reddit often and other places, but like, I actually think it's incredibly important to, at some degree, learn how to read and write. Okay. Um, and I think it's a little bit ironic that like most of these conversations actually take place online in a medium where people are not relying on speech to communicate. Um, like written language is one of our greatest inventions as humans. And so a significant concept of communication like involves reading and writing. So um, 
yeah, I, I just think like if you're curious about it, you know, you if you if you're curious about something and you only and you need to wait to have a conversation with someone, then you're going to miss out on so much. So the ability to get information on your own and get, you know, listening is fantastic as well, but like there's utility in being able to like Google something and look something up and learn something for yourself. Um, and a lot of the data out there. So the thing that scares me about this, like don't learn to read and write thing is that there's so much data that would suggest that there's a really strong neural link between writing and characters and the ability to recognize or recall them. Um, and so, you know, not a hundred percent of the time you're going to be able to do this, but like, it reinforces the language. It reinforces the individual elements of the language. It starts paying you attention. You start paying attention to the bits that are different because there's mm. so many characters that look really similar. Mm. So if you start writing them, breaking them down, deconstructing whatever, you're going to start picking that up. That's really important in Chinese because it's such there's so many homophones in the language. So in Mandarin, when we're talking, right, it's like if you can't read it or visualize it or you talk to someone and you want clarification, right? So if we're talking in Chinese, right? Oftentimes, what we're going to ask is like, oh, you need the clarification. And then you're going to use another word or another contained character to express what this is. If you don't know that stuff, like you're just lost. So, um, and I think just, you know, one further point of why you should learn to read and write is that Mandarin currently is like neck and neck with in English on the internet as lingua franca. Um, so, mm. you know, it's probably pretty good to be, you know, comp- competent in reading and writing it, especially if you want to break into a market of like, you know, we think we personally a billion people. Chinglish is the future. <laughs> oh yeah. That's our belief. Firefly. <laughs> right? Firefly. Exactly. Chinglish. So little Cantonese in there. Beautiful. I would love it. I would, I'm all about, I'm all about it. I would love it. <laughs> you share my Cantonese. You're learning Guangdonghua, don't you? My wife is originally from Hong Kong. So I, oh, my right, Cantonese yeah. is lop sop. It's pretty trashy. Uh, but I can, I can speak with my kids about a bunch of things that we need to do around the house. And actually my listening comprehension is pretty good. But I think a lot of that is, I mean, I've been exposed to it for a long time. And also just the longer that you learn languages, right? You get really good at context. Yeah. So it's like, it feels like cheating. Like, I'm like, yeah, you're probably talking about this. And like, I don't really understand what's going on, but like, you know, tie, tie. How's your, so, yeah. how's your I, wife's uh, Mandarin? Uh, when I met her, I thought it was really good. Okay. And then I found out it's not, it's, she's, she can carry on. I cannot talk smack in front of her. Right. She'll get it. Yeah. Um, she took like two years of Mandarin in college, actually. Okay. That's how we met. Uh, oh. I, I actually taught her how to type in Chinese on her computer. I was like writing a bao gao at a coffee shop. And I, uh, she was like, what is this white dude doing? Speaking Chinese, writing Chinese. So we started chatting and it was really, it was really cute. It was like totally. Anyways, I may have had to work a lot for that one. No. So she, she speaks a little bit of Mandarin at home. We more do Cantonese and English. The kids, I think they have an interest in learning Chinese and they know that like dad speaks Chinese but they kind of find it like funny. So we were like, we'll like watch YouTube videos and whatever. And my, my daughter just always trolls me about everything. She just like, she just thinks it's the funniest thing to like so do you mess speak- with me in Chinese. <laughs> I, I have to ask you this because being parents of bilingual children, mm-hmm. um, you're going to pick this up as well. I think we, we, our daughter is four and our son is two. So mm-hmm. we're, we're just slightly ahead, like, just like mm-hmm. six months ahead of you. But um, mm-hmm. with their language development, what we found generally what we do is she goes to school here. So she has, 
Uh, she has probably 70, 80% Dongwen, I'd say. Yeah. 70%, 80% Dongwen, and then the rest is English when she gets home mm. only. So actually her English is, her English ability for someone similar her age, and you know, if that was their mother tongue, is below what they would be right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, have you found that with your daughter with, with Guangdonghua, or have you found her, her Cantonese is- She understands it. She doesn't really like speaking it. Okay. Um, he goes to Gongong Popo's house every weekend and like hang out and they only speak to her in Cantonese, Yeah, but she's kind of resistant about it. So she thinks Chinese, she thinks Mandarin's cool. Mm. She doesn't really like speaking Cantonese, except she understands all of it. Mm. Uh, and she's in, in mostly an English speaking environment at, um, at school and whatever. So yeah, it's odd. It's, it's, it's tough, right? Mm. Yeah. And my wife and I use English to communicate because I don't speak Cantonese. Yeah. So it's a bit of a struggle, actually. You know? well, yeah, we, I think we worry uh, about the development because we think, oh, I don't worry about it too much. I'm like, I started studying Chinese at 21. Like if I can do it, she can do it. No, later. for sure. I mean, I, th know? I think what's going to happen is her, her, her languages will level out eventually. She'll get to a point yeah. in, in Mandarin where it's just now it's just fluent native. And then <laughs> her English will then accelerate to a, to a degree where it will overtake yeah. as well. It just, it'll take yeah. a little bit longer than like, mm -hmm. you know, monolingual 他会整个就是进步的很快所以对他们来说他们可能小时候的发展没那么好但是到长大以后我们相信他们是可以做的非常非常好的而且小朋友是真的会选择语言吗因为像凯瑞他现在就是选择会以英文比较多对然后看到我
doing squitters. She loves doing her like Chinese numbers. And she's very much, she very much likes to like write her name in English and all this stuff. Oh, cool. It's very cool. But like at night, it's so fun to see her on the iPad doing her like ER senses. She does her little like test. I'm like, this is so sweet. Cause like, you totally <laughs> didn't build this app for kids. Right. But yeah. she's able to do it. And I'm like, yes. That's an advert very right fun, there. Very <laughs> fun. Very fun. You should video Easy that. for kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go, right? There's an angle. There's an angle. Okay. Okay,当你感觉不知所措,无法专注,或者是短时间没有办法专心的时候,你会怎么做? Okay, so when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or how you've, you've lost your focus temporarily, what do you do to get back on track? 喝咖啡。喝咖啡。那是牛奶。Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I take a, for me, um, bike rides or drawing is my kind of two points. So if I'm really stressed out, I just step away from the solution. It's situation. Just let my brain kind of shift a little bit and get lost in another process. And that certainly helps. I'd say I do exactly the same thing. I have to, if I'm coding and I think I just can't deal with this problem right now, like I'm not sure how to fix this thing. I'll have to walk away and do some graphic design or editing or something. I need to do something else. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Just shift gears. You know, yeah. it's okay to, it's okay to put something down for a little bit. But yeah, for me, it's definitely like, I find that, you know, if I'm, and I'm mulling over a problem that's a little bit difficult, sometimes getting moving and active really kind of helps, right? You're, you're kind of focused on something else, but then your brain wanders. Mm. Um, and then drawing for me is just like, I'm in the zone. So that just like, it shuts me off. I find that I kind of lose connection with the thing that was pissing me off before, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I can just kind of get into the zone, which is very cool. Do, do you, what do you draw? Do you draw manga or? What no, I draw. So it started out, I would do these little like chibi characters kind of things. But um, I, so I recently completed a challenge. So Inktober is this thing uh, on the internet. And it, so two years ago I did, it's 30 days uh, in the month or 31 days, or it's in the month of October, 31 days. And there was this prompt list and it started by this artist. And at this point, like this is kind of this huge following on Instagram and Facebook and whatever. So when I started doing sketching, I kind of found out about this thing. So I did it. So my first year was a theme where I did like munch. I called them munchies. So they're like little kind of cartoons of my daughter. And that, that was super fun. That kind of like got me, my, my daughter got me into drawing. So I was doing that. So then last year I did 31 days of spaceships, which was very fun. <laughs> and then nice. this year, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Maybe robots. I'm not sure. <laughs> but anyways, this, there was something in my mind for a very long time, even before, for I started doing drawing, but I saw this artist shooting. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him at all, but he did, he created a calligraphy style where he uses kind of Chinese elements, but he uses it with like pinyin. So he uses Roman letters and he combines them in ways that they actually look like Chinese characters. Oh. And it's very cool. So my friend kind of studied his calligraphy and she did my name, Gao Jian, in like the shoebing the style. And I saw this thing. And ever since then, I had this idea in my brain of like, you know, I don't know, I'm a little bit more edgy than that. So I was like, I want to like take, I want like Chinese graffiti. Like I like, I like graffiti, um, I like American graffiti. Uh, so actually this year in January, I started a challenge and I did 150 days of graffiti. I did HSK graffiti. So every single word in HSK, Every single night, I drew it. So now I'm I'm done with it, and I can mm. um, send you a thing if you want to see it. It's yeah, on my Instagram, it. my 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 personal page. So at this point, kind of my art, my if I had to say what my style is and what really kind of makes me happy is I do like I do kind of modern pop 
Chinese graffiti art. It's very fun. It's very wild. Oh, cool. Trying to push the envelope. So it's oh, like a combination of, of calligraphy, you know, because obviously there's that beauty, beautiful element. But I want to take that and, you know, bring it to 2020 and cyberpunk it up a little bit, as it were. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Both, <laughs> both geeks, both tech people. Yeah. 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 And totally. No, when I was, when I saw your, um, when I was listening to your podcast and stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It, it's gone on for some time. Over the limit. Apologies. Wow. Uh, are you going to be okay? Are your are your listeners going to be okay? <laughs> yeah, they'll be fine. They're very good. They like it. Do you know what we did? Actually, we started as a as a YouTube channel. Um, oh, cool! You sent it there. Yeah. I sent you the thing. That's my Instagram. I uh, will definitely follow that. We'll repost mm. for you. Um, cool. the, uh, we started as an Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Now you've got me saying Instagram. A uh, YouTube, YouTube channel. Sorry, sorry. You started as YouTube. We did. We started as a YouTube channel a, w- a little while ago. And then in 2016, and we had two kids in between doing this. We kind of like dropped Mandarin Monkey for a while whilst we had our first child. As you well know, it's um, you, you become quite busy with children. At that time, we were in the UK, the first ones. We didn't have much help. In regards, we didn't have AMA to help, you yeah. know, traditionally. Right. So we looked after ourselves and then we started Mind and Monkey Bank back up. And then we started a podcast doing this thing, but kept going with the lessons and this kind of stuff. And then we changed from doing straight teaching lessons because mm-hmm. we thought this is a bit boring. Um, let's change it up a little bit, started the podcast. And um, n- now we find that we have t- 10 times the amount of podcast listeners <laughs> versus the amount of YouTube. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's it's insane the audience size in the podcast market in, uh, in comparison to Convenience。哎，but yeah, I know it's a funsies. Yeah. A great word, by the way. I appreciate that word. Um, funsies. No. Yeah. Uh, we I, just like, we, we love to just be a little bit unconventional on our stuff. And I think you, know you mean, need it's, to be, it's all, it's all kind of a promotion for our product anyways, in a way. So mm. I think, you, I think I don't think, I, think I, I don't have aspirations to be a YouTuber. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, no, that's not the thing. Not at all. And it's just, it, but I just think you need to be different because you're all right. right. Like the word, even ch- learn Chinese is mm. so saturated now, especially on YouTube mm. and things like yeah. that. Um, you're going to get loads of these people with, and some of them are like, I don't, I'm not sure why that has so many views. <laughs> you know, the thing, I don't know why <laughs> that, that kind of, but anyway, uh, Jake, it was an absolute honor <laughs> to have you on the podcast. It was super fun. Uh, we g- no, thank you for answering all the questions. We're going to, we're going to sign off. You can stay on for a minute if that's okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, that's it. Do you have any more questions? Uh, everybody who's listening, uh, apologies for, uh, taking so long, <laughs> although I'm sure you like it. Cause you know, some people say an hour is too short. Some people yeah. say we need about an hour and a half. But, yeah. 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 The long, uh-huh. long journey. Right? Some people say I'm a trucker. We've had yeah. comments saying I'm a trucker. I drive long journeys. The longer, the better. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I think you want a bunch of people, uh, everybody, if you can, if you want it, you're interested in, in, in writing, mm. Uh, please download Scritter. 
It's super worth it. 对，嗯、um, ，目前的那个 Scratcher 里面呢，它有数字、有笔画、笔顺、生肖，还有部首 Radical 一百个部首、嗯、颜色以及太阳系，还有我最有趣的，我看到这个我就觉得很好玩，嗯、就是乌龟的龟这个非常难的汉字， yeah. 他们把它做成是一个小小的历史故事，然后跟大家解释有什么样子的成语，嗯、也包含这个汉字，所以啊、uh, ，Scratcher 它的。他的那个 category， 他的项目有很多，所以如果有兴趣想要从基础开始、嗯、，start from the 呃、uh, basic，、yeah. 你们一定要下载这个 app 试试看。And and lots of lots of people do content right for you guys as well. They put decks in, is that right? They upload decks. Yeah, so we have, I mean, we have hundreds of textbooks from all over the world. So we add, we make a point of kind of uploading the popular stuff. So like, you know, some of the books that I talked about before, we have. Um, we also have user-made decks that people make, and then we've done. We have a whole HSK series, so all the HSK one to six. It's about to be eleven levels, I think now, and we'll be ready for that. We're getting ready for that right now. Um, and so we've run. We we write like level-appropriate sentences in there. You can make your own custom decks. But the stuff that you were just talking about, Ula,、uh, Ula, this is all. That stuff is all free. So if you're interested in Squitter, we do have a premium subscription model. But there's also you can learn hundreds of characters totally free,、mm-hmm. just a guess. You don't even need an account. If you create an account, the stuff will save.、Um, but yeah, you can just go in, and we've got a bunch of mini lessons, and we'll keep adding to those. And we do typically like one. Well, we've been a little inconsistent, but ideally, we get like one deck a week that's out. And so we, I mean, we've done like COVID nineteen terminology. We just did one、oh, cool. on you know、uh, like Black Lives Matter, which has been huge in America right now. Yeah, really something that we've done some climate change. So we're a little bit unconventional in the sense there's、mm. so many. People in the world that are teaching you kind of the same stuff, and that's fine, and you can totally get that, or you can get a textbook and study that. But we're trying to do our own thing, and we want to, you know, there's so many wild and crazy things that you can learn in Chinese. So, you know, we try and just cover those too. So,、mm. yeah, good, check it out if、yeah. you're interested. Yeah, no, absolutely. Pressure, that's not what you know. I mean, I, I really, like I said before, I've been, I've been really having fun. I've been upping my podcast game lately, and I added.、Mm. Men or monkey to the list, and I've been. I'm really enjoying you. You have a great dynamic, the two of you, and <laughs> I'm super glad to hear that some people like over an hour because I'm a pretty. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want to shut up. Basically, like right now, we're trying to end the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> right? And we're still doing it. Okay, we've got yeah, got a, a few talkers. Yeah, the look. I think I think. Take take Joe Rogan as a as a prime example. Long form works. I think that's when we first start, started、okay. this. We thought, should we do like twenty minutes or something, or ten、yeah. minutes and just have a chat? But no, long form. We both like to chat, so long form works.、Mm. It's, it's worked for us so far. So <laughs> look, people are going to enjoy it. 二十分钟，然后到三十，然后再 long 五十，没办法停哦 ，can't stop， 然后要到一个小时。Yeah, look, we got to sign off. Okay. Thank you, Jake.、Uh, if you want to email us for any reason, you can do chat at mandarinmonkey dot com. 嗯，如果你们想要参加我们的 free lesson， 我们还是有持续的在做 free lesson。嗯，你只要到我们的 mandarinmonkey dot com 的 page 的页面，你就可以找到 free lesson， 还有 group lesson。嗯哼 ，that's www dot mandarinmonkey dot com forward slash lessons. Other than that. Uh, we love you all. Thank you, Jake, and <laughs>、uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Stay safe.